Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the show, a game day edition as Indiana in action tonight against Iowa. It actually is a week where Indiana, I think, has a chance to win a few games, and we all know they need to win a few games this week and try to change the current narrative that exists around this Indiana program right now. But Indiana-Iowa tonight, 7 o'clock. It's on the Big Ten Network. Iowa comes in very similar to Indiana, 12-8 and on the season four and five in Big Ten play. Indiana looked better, I guess you would say, against Illinois on Saturday. Uh, But, of course, Illinois scored the last eight points of the ballgame and would go on to win 70-62. Iowa previously had lost back-to-back home games to Purdue and Maryland. Then they did win over the weekend at Michigan, who continues to struggle. 88-78 was that final score. So ready for IU basketball tonight. We'll have the broadcast. Pre-game coverage begins at 6 p.m. from the IU Network with Don Fisher and crew. That's where you can get all the insight on the starting lineup and injury updates. And speaking of that, Mike Woodson with a little bit on Kellel Ware last night on his coach's show, which also airs each Monday here on the Big X. So we'll cover that today as well. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Busy show. Today marks the start of girls sectional action across the state. Tuesday, very heavy. There are some Wednesday games locally. Friday, of course, is the semifinals. And Saturday, the championship games. We'll be tracking our local teams throughout the week. I think everybody's attention is on what could play out in 1A at West Washington with Borden and Lanesville. But I think we've got a handful of schools that could compete for or potentially win a sectional crown coming up on Saturday. So we'll see who we can get into the regional uh, from our Clark and Floyd County schools. And in segment one, Coach Brad Burden of Providence Girls Basketball is going to join us. His team has been playing outstanding to close the regular season, and I really think that they're one of the key teams in the sectional that will be played at Providence. So we'll talk about the Pioneers, and with Coach Burden, we'll just talk the girls' basketball season in general as well and the upcoming sectionals in general also. He's a great promoter of girls' basketball here in southern Indiana in addition to his uh, duties as the Providence girls' coach. So on sectional kickoff day, uh, probably a great person to have with us He'll join here in just a few moments. Also, a little bit later in the program, it's Tuesday, so Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. We'll dig into IU, Kel Elware, 
all the topics you want to get to on game day. Uh, we'll preview IU Iowa. We'll take care of all that with Mike. Later in the show, I want to get back to this. We used to do this a few seasons ago. Uh, we would get a beat writer from the opposing team for a game day or pre-game day preview. So Tyler Toshman uh, from the Iowa newspaper is going to join us. Tyler used to work for Inside the Hall uh, during his college days in Bloomington. So he's got a connection to uh, Indiana and the program and uh, used to work for the Indianapolis Star as well. So he's in Iowa now doing a great job covering the Hawkeyes and he will be with us later in the show to tell us more about tonight's game from an Iowa perspective and kind of get you prepared for some of the names that you'll hear. There's also an interesting freshman battle tonight uh, that I'll mention between Owen Freeman of Iowa and Mackenzie Mbaco of Indiana that we'll discuss some when Tyler joins us a little bit later in the show. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check Honey Baked Ham out today for a great lunch. They have wonderful sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even be able to uh, take something home uh, as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Final note here, the Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you. Love to get your predictions for today uh, on the IU-Iowa game. Are you going to a girls' sectional tonight or this week? Love to know where you're going and who you think could win. Uh, questions for our guest, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 since so come in today and grab a fountain drink from thornton's let's go right to coach brad burden of providence girls basketball first off coach congratulations on a great close to the regular season it sure feels like your team has some real momentum headed into the postseason which begins this week yeah thanks matt and thanks for having us and and as always thanks for everything you do to promote uh, high school basketball in southern indiana yeah we've uh, we've managed to win 12 out of the last 13 so playing some really good basketball Let's talk about that last game of the regular season. Uh, I saw the videos, almost went to that game, uh, but something came up at the last minute. 60-58, a win for Providence over Floyd Central, big 4A school, and it was a thrilling finish. I'll let you kind of walk us through it, but a last-second uh, three-pointer, actually beyond the three-point arc, won it for your Pioneers. Yeah, I mean, Floyd Central obviously is a big rival for us, and, and they're having a fantastic year. Coach Giafani has done a, just a really good job with that team. And uh, the game went back and forth, uh, um, you know, seesawed throughout throughout the contest. And uh, they had taken a two-point lead, and um, we uh, we had to to foul and, and, and try to get the ball back. And they weren't in the bonus yet, and we had to foul several times and got them in the bonus. And um, they, they went to the free throw line up one, and um, young lady – you know, fortunately for us, unfortunately for them, missed both free throws, and Livy Theobald was managed to uh, secure a, a strong rebound and kind of threw a, a three-quarter length court. There was about four seconds to go, and um, found an open Jada Kemp, a freshman who's having a, a fantastic year for us. And uh, Jada launched a three from you know a little bit past NBA range and um, and nailed it at the buzzer. So really exciting finish. You know, exciting for our kids who fought all game and. Then, obviously for Theobald making such a big play and then Jada Camp hitting such a big shot for us. 
Coach, you're one of the veterans of girls basketball here in Southern Indiana. Your 16th year coaching at Providence High School. Uh, you've had postseason success. You've had some great teams. You've also built up some teams as well uh, in recent seasons. How exciting is the postseason from the tournament draw to the change in fill in your practices to uh, a game day feeling like what you have coming up for sectional uh, play. Uh, how exciting is it for these girls and for your coaching staff? I know it's something that probably never gets old. It, it absolutely does. And, you know, 16 years into it, and, you know, I've had years where going into the sectional, you're, you're maybe hoping to win a game, and, you know, maybe you could, you could be the spoiler uh, and maybe go on a run, but you knew that other teams were probably more talented than you. I've had teams where I felt like we were definitely the favorite, um, and, and no matter what, it, like you said, it's that different feel, uh, Indiana basketball, you know, growing up playing Indiana basketball, playing in sectionals, um, you know, the whole community comes about, the school has a buzz to it, uh, the, the, the kids you can definitely feel are excited as well. Now, you guys get an opportunity to host this sectional. Uh, it begins tonight at Providence with Southwestern taking on Brownstown. Southwestern 14-10, and 10, Brownstown 14-9, and 9, so that should be a good game out of the gate. Then Wednesday, your Pioneers take action 16-7, and 7, as I mentioned, against 17-6 and 6 Austin. We'll talk about that matchup here in just a moment. And then Eastern and Clarksville, neither team, the, those two will play the second game Wednesday. Neither team has had an outstanding year, but they have very similar records, and it actually could be a very competitive first-round game. So uh, how, how exciting is it and what an opportunity is it is for Providence to get to host the sectional this year. What kind of advantage do you feel that that is? Well, I, I hope it's a big advantage. I hope we have a nice crowd here and our, our kids feel comfortable on our home floor. But this will be the third time in my career um, that we have hosted the sectional and we have not managed to win one on our home floor yet. So I'm definitely hoping third time's a charm. Um, so it hasn't proven to be a big, big major advantage for us in the past, but we certainly hope that it will be this year. Um, you know, but w w there's great teams in our sectional. You, you mentioned Austin, Brownstown, Southwestern, you know, Henryville is having a nice year. Eastern not having the kind of year that they're, they're used to, but they're extremely competitive and, and have been playing much better basketball, uh, this season, uh, late in the year. Coach Burden, you mentioned Austin. They are 6-0 and against sectional competition. Your Pioneers right behind them at 5-1 and against sectional competition. You played at Austin back before Christmas. It was really mid-December uh, and lost 53-38. Uh, that experience there, and of course with how this Providence team has been playing to close out the regular season, I think everybody thinks it's going to be a different game the second time around and even closer than what it was the first time. Uh, what are your thoughts on a rematch with Austin to open up the Pioneers at home Wednesday night? Well, Austin's just, they're very, very good. It starts with their best player, Brent Owens. And, um, you know, you mentioned that, I, that I'm a veteran, and I guess if you continue years long, you know, for a number of years, you get tagged with that, uh, you know, label. Jared Peterson's been doing it even longer than I have and has had, you know, way more success because uh, he's had just tremendous teams and he's won a state title. Uh, so they're the favorite. Um, you know, they're undefeated against their opponents, they have the best record. Uh, they have the most tenured coach, um, and, and they have just incredible talent. However, with that being said, we feel like we're right there with them. Uh, it was a close game the first time that kind of got away from us in the fourth quarter, so the score was a little bit closer than what the you know the game was closer than what the final score indicated there. Uh, and we're just playing much much better basketball than we were in mid December. Um, so we feel like we have closed that gap, but we still know you know how great of a team Austin has and how well we're going to have to play to pull it to to you know get that win. 
Coach Burden, take us through the Lady Pioneers this season, a thumbnail sketch of the team that you are and what's triggered this great play to close the regular season that has everybody hopeful you can make a run. Well, we're still incredibly young. Uh, we start a freshman and four sophomores and then bring um, sophomore and, and, and juniors off the bench. Uh, our leading scorer this year is uh, uh, Twins, Addison, and Avery Smith. They're averaging right at 12 points a game. But then we have a freshman, Jada Kemp, who is um, – our, our third leading scorer, uh, and then uh, another sophomore, Kaya Kaler. And even though she's a sophomore, it's really her first year with varsity basketball. She was injured most of her freshman year. Um, you know, she, she she's averaging right at eight points a game for us, and is an excellent three point shooter. Libby Theobald, uh, who I mentioned, who got that huge rebound. She kind of is our workhorse, does everything defensively for us. Uh, then we come off the bench with Camden Pierce, a sophomore, Molly Richards, a junior, uh, and, and another freshman, and Lila Schur. So very young but talented team, uh, short on size, but they're, they're really talented and fast. So that, that sometimes can make up for that lack of, of size. Brad Burden of Providence Girls Basketball with us to start our Tuesday program. Coach, talk about coaching such a young team. It has to be rewarding on so many nights to see them develop and know what the future could look like, whether that's a couple weeks from now or a couple seasons from now. Uh, but there also has to be some challenging moments for you and your coaching staff as well with such youngsters that are new to varsity-level basketball. Yeah, uh, you know, fortunately, several of them got some really good experience last year. The Smith twins and Libby Theobald started every game last year as freshmen. So, so they're veterans. And, and even, uh, you know, Jada Kemp now has, has started most of the season, has played throughout. Uh, Camden Pierce got a lot of experience last year. So luckily, they're experienced youth, <laughs> but they're still young. Uh, we have very few girls on our team who even drive. Um, you know, so it, there is um, sometimes – some, some challenges with that because things that you just take for granted that they're going to know uh, that they haven't experienced yet. But at the same time, uh, you, you get the, the benefits of it too. They're, sometimes they're more eager and more excited uh, to, than maybe a junior or senior who's had three or four years. And, um, you know, so, you know, it, it's a good balance. Coach Burden, take us through the area. I know your focus is obviously solely on this Providence team, but you've been around. You've, you've been doing this for some time. You, uh, As I mentioned earlier, a big promoter of girls basketball in general here in the region. Uh, when Saturday night gets here, um, is there an opportunity for multiple sectional champions from some of our local schools? Obviously, I know that there's a lot that can happen this week. Sectionals are uh, uh, opportunities for upsets, opportunities for favorites to dominate. Uh, but What's the feel, I guess, of Clark and Floyd County girls basketball as you look to Saturday night and maybe how many winners we could have? Well, I, one of my my best phrases that I like is both things can be true. And I think in this case, both things can be true. And that I think Clark and Floyd County basketball is at a, at a peak that it's not seen in quite some time with the number of really good teams, good coaches, good players. With that being said, almost everyone, if you look at the 1A, 2A, 3A level, the favorites in those sectionals probably fall just outside of Clark and Floyd County. If you look at the 1A level, Borden could win a state championship. Lanesville is probably the favorite. We feel like we could go on a run. Austin's probably the favorite, uh, along with Brownstown, uh, who could also win our sectional. At the 3A level, uh, Charlestown has had a great year. I just think the year that uh, Scott Mathis has, has done has been incredible with starting three freshmen on that team. But Scottsburg is probably the favorite. At the 4A level, New Albany's had a great year. Jeff's had a good year, and Silver Creek with Coach Scott Shane. They've had they have a tremendous team. 
Jennings County is probably the favorite. So, um, you know, at every level, there's really good teams, uh, you know, probably at a level that we've not seen uh, in, in, in probably a decade as far as the number of good teams in this area, number of good players. Um, so it would not surprise me to see three, four sectional winners. However, you know, we could also see a year where nobody gets other sectional because of the quality of teams in those sectionals and those schools just outside of our borders. Absolutely. Brad Burden, Providence Girls Basketball Coach, best of luck this week in hosting and, of course, with your team competing. Always great to talk some girls' hoops, and we'll catch up again soon. All right, thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, sir. Brad Burden, Providence Basketball. Uh, lots of good games this week. Uh, things get underway at Floyd Central on the 4A side tonight. You've got Seymour and Jennings County. Jennings County, the favorite in the sectional, and obviously the favorite in that opening round game. And then Wednesday night, New Albany, they're trying to pull off an upset special. They take on Bedford North Lawrence, who has won 13 girls sectionals in a row, 4A sectionals in a row. Floyd Central will take on uh, the favorite Silver Creek in that game. Of course, Silver Creek up in 4A because of success. Charlestown hosting the 3A sectional tonight. You've got two games in that six-teamer. Corden 14 and 9 against Charlestown 16 and 7 also Madison 10 and 12 and North Harrison they will do battle North Harrison is 16 and 6 on the season the 1A sectional obviously a, a good one as well at West Washington that's where most of the area schools will be as far as small schools Lanesville and Christian Academy tonight Lanesville 22 and 1 uh, we'll open up with Christian Academy and then South Central in the second game tonight. We'll take on the host school, West Washington. So uh, talking to people there, Rock Creek is in the bye game. They're 12 and 11. They're likely going to see Lanesville Friday 22 and 1. So you'll have the big Lanesville crowd there at West Washington Friday night. Borden got a bye at 19 and 4. They're going to be in the bye game Friday. They'll take on likely West Washington, so the home team. So between those three schools plus Rock Creek's fan base, West Washington will be rocking on Friday night. And then if it plays out how we think and how people uh, agree it should, Lanesville 22 and 1. Borden 19 and four. Both teams have played a lot of good competition in the regular season. Uh, that should be the championship game on Saturday night, and that would be, I think, a really good environment and a fun game as well. Little talk on girls sectionals, postseason basketball. It's special, and I encourage you, even if you haven't been out to a girls game all season long. If you love high school basketball and you like postseason hoops, uh, spend a few bucks, get out this week, have a popcorn, enjoy your local school, um, and it's just good stuff. It's just different when postseason hoops arrives. There's nothing better when a championship trophy is on the line, and it's do or die to advance on to the next round of the tournament. Uh, we'll head to a commercial break. We're with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier in segment two. We'll talk IU storylines headed into the IU-Iowa game tonight. Thornton's text line is open, <clears throat> excuse me, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We're back with Mike after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. 
Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday edition of the show. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins in this segment. And before we get to Mike, I want to go to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Take out your phone, send in a question, a comment, prediction on tonight's game, whatever you got, we'll take it, 502-414-1450. Texter says the inside game is very important, and the big guys get all the attention, but you will not win without good guards. If Indiana's guards are not driving the lane and shooting the ball, they will lose. Uh, thank you, Texter, and that's pretty spot on for this Indiana team, but also generally for basketball, really at any level. Uh, Mike Schumann, Daily Hoosier with me now. Uh, pretty fair text, I think, Mike's to begin our discussion today. Yeah, and I think that probably would have been a pretty fair text that, you know, most points over the last, gosh, I don't even know, seven, eight years at, at this, this point, it seems like Indiana's been a pretty – Front court dominated uh, program for, for a long time now, and, and there's been a lot of hand wringing about you know production from, from the back court. So, you know, if you know, I, I think to, to, to some extent, it kind of we are where we are with, with this edition of IU basketball. But man, it sure seems like it's got to be job number one to, to fix the, the back court uh, going into this off season, which is going to be a critical one for, for Mike Woodson. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We had Mike Woodson on last night, the uh, weekly coaches show with Don Fisher. Um, didn't get a chance to listen to everything, but I believe he provided a few key updates, including a little discussion on Kellel Ware. Can you share with us some notes and uh, some things from last night's show? Yeah, he, he said that Ware, um, well, he, he didn't specifically say that the Ware was progressing towards playing, but it, it certainly if he just kind of piece everything together that, that he has said and that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, it, it certainly sounds like he's got a good shot to play tonight. Um, just to take people back through kind of his progression, he, he sprained his ankle at practice before the Wisconsin game. He was at the Wisconsin game in a walking boot, um, you know, then didn't see or hear much over the course of the week that they had off in preparation for Illinois. And he was at that game without the walking boot. Uh, when I saw him, he appeared to be walking around without a limp. So it's clear progression there. And then last night, Woodson said that, you know, he, he's basically going to be evaluated today. And as long as it's not like swollen or sore, he's going to, you know, have a good chance to play. So I, I expect him to be out there. I think he'll show up on, clearly show up on Indiana's availability report is questionable. But, uh, you know, at the very least, I think we'll see him out there for pregame, um, testing things out. And it would not surprise me at all if I had to put money on it. I'd say it's more likely than not that, that he sees the floor tonight. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier on game day, Indiana and Iowa, a 7 o'clock tip-off in the contest uh, tonight. Mike, I thought Indiana played better on Saturday. Um, I know Iowa, or excuse me, Illinois finished the game strong and obviously went on to win. There were plenty of issues that popped up during the game, uh, as it has been basically all season long for this team. But do you agree that Indiana generally played better basketball on the road at a good Illinois team with Terrence Shannon, uh, I think a top 10 team, even though they were beaten the game before by Northwestern. Do you agree they were better Saturday? 
Yeah, I mean, look, if if you had told me going into that game that with right around a minute to go, they'd be tied at 62 on the road against the number 10 team in the country, you know, you take that all day long. Obviously, they they didn't finish um, the way they wanted to, and, and there's you know a whole a plethora of reasons why you know they didn't finish well and things that didn't go right throughout the game. But you know, but that that's true of every game ever played but you know basketball is not a perfect sport you're just trying to win especially those tough games on the road so um there's no doubt about it i mean just compare the wisconsin game and some of the other you know ranked teams that they play they've gotten blown out a lot this year against teams a lot like illinois um you know but it doesn't change the fact that they they didn't win it it actually reminded me quite a bit of the kansas game where, where there were times when indiana you know, actually looked like the better team and actually looked like they could run away with the game. Um, I think there was a 13-0 run by Indiana there in the second half. At, at one point, uh, there was a seven-point lead with you know maybe 12 minutes to go. So the, the, there were there were times in that game where you felt like Indiana, it, despite not having where was the was the better team. You know, much like that Kansas game. But you know, it, it, <laughs> at the end, it doesn't matter to anyone if you lose by. 30 or, or you just give it away at the, at the in the last minute the, the results the same so it's, it's not going to make anybody happy to for me or you or anyone else to say they look better that they've got to find answers and it, it really starts tonight mike schumann the daily hoosier with us you know iowa's best player an indianapolis native tony perkins i can't remember back that far as to who recruited him and it doesn't seem that indiana was terribly involved with him and it, i don't remember purdue or other local big 10 powers being that involved in his recruitment i could be wrong there but interesting to see a hoosier state guy lead the way for iowa he's scoring just over 18 points a game to lead the hawkeyes yeah there there's a lot of those guys out there kind of you know in-state guys that you know got overlooked a little bit you know not just by indiana but by a lot of programs if i remember right perkins was like you know outside the top 200 in rankings and uh, just wasn't on the radar of a lot of teams. It, it may have been a little bit of a late bloomer. M- may have kind of, kind of really emerged in his senior year of high school, and, and um, obviously developed over the course of his college career really well. Obviously, McCaffrey and Iowa really, uh, you know, hit a home run on that recruitment and kind of played the long game and let him develop, and he's turned into a really solid Big Ten point guard. Um, you know, I, I just think it's one of those deals where, you know, you've got to be willing to, you know, invest in the long term, let, let guys develop. Um, um, we see some of that. You know, it, it's happening at, at Indiana, too. It's not like a condemnation at, at Indiana. Look how well Trace Jackson Davis developed over his four years. Look, look at the year-over-year improvement of Malik Renew. So it, it, it's happening at Indiana. I think Perkins is just one of those guys that, you know, it's kind of easy to point to now because he's an Indianapolis kid. You know, I, I don't know for sure, but, you know, you suspect he would have liked to have gone to, to IU or Purdue or somewhere local. But I, I just don't think he was quite where he needed to be at the time, and he's, he's clearly there now and clearly one of the best point guards in the Big Ten. Mike, one of the other IU basketball issues for this team that have 
evolved here. I, I guess it's never been great, maybe, but the last few games, free throw shooting has been something you can add to the list of shooting woes for this team. Um, I think that's a key tonight and really a simple key in every game moving forward that in Big Ten play in these tough games um, against very tough home court advantages for the home teams, whether it's Indiana at Assembly Hall or any team on the road, you got to knock down those from the charity stripe, and that's something this Indiana team has really, really slipped in. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, it kind of going back to that earlier point, I feel like this has been an ongoing issue, you know, throughout Archie Miller and Mike Woodson's tenure. I, I you know, people might disagree with me. I know a lot of people say you got to practice free throws. Uh, I, I believe you got to recruit free throw shooters. I, I think once you get a kid to college, he's played literally you know, close to a thousand games, probably if you factor in all the AAU and high school games that, that they played going all the way back to their, their early years of basketball, all the practices that they've been through they're, they're who they are as a shooter, you know, both, both mechanically and mentally, I, I believe it's pretty hard to change. You know, everybody can point to, oh, this guy got better or this guy got better. But by and large, I, I believe you, if you want to have a good free throw shooting team and, and three point shooting team, uh, for, for that matter, I, I believe you have to recruit it. I, I believe it's just really hard to turn somebody into a good shooter by the time you get them in college. So, um, I, you know, you'd like to think that Indiana can be a little bit better than what they've been here of late, but I, I don't foresee, you know, a lot of games where they shoot 80, 90% from the stripe either. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can read the website, thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow Mike on social media at daily underscore Hoosier. And, of course, he's with us here Tuesdays on the show. Mike, uh, NCAA tournament looming. Um, I know Indiana is not on any bracketology right now, uh, and I'm not sure even close to the NCAA tournament. How important is this week? And I don't even know that I want to say for the tournament because I'm not sure Indiana's a tournament team, but how important is this week with Iowa and Penn State games that appear to be winnable, uh, competitive for this Indiana team? How important is it for them to get something going this week and see what they can actually do or salvage the rest of the way um you know i'm not a big must win guy i try to avoid writing that or saying it too often because it gets overused but i I feel like both games this week are must wins You're, you're talking about middle to bottom of the big 10 standing type teams coming into your building uh, you know, as you said, Indiana's got a long way to go to, to get themselves into postseason contention uh, with only 11 conference games left. I mean, I think these are must-win games. You, you just cannot afford to give either one of these away on your home floor, especially with the way Indiana is playing on the road right now. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, getting wear back potentially – it, you know, I know people will call me crazy to to expect consistent play from Xavier Johnson, but, but what we saw of him at Illinois was certainly, for the most part, encouraging. That there was a little bit of the old Xavier Johnson out there for for that game. You know, if both of those factors come together and Indiana can start clicking this week, maybe they can build some momentum, but, but you absolutely have to, to go 2-0 and this week if you want to even be in the conversation for any kind of postseason, really. 
Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays on the show. Mike, as always, appreciate your work, your content, and uh, your time with us here on the Hoosier Report. We'll catch up with you next week. Okay, Matt. Sounds great. Thank you. All right, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us Tuesdays on the show. Yeah, I think this is a a potential big week to see what Indiana can get done um, here against Iowa and Penn State. One other point I wanted to make as well, and I know Mike Woodson spoke about this some last night, Mackenzie Mbaco, he's he's had some good games. He definitely has made some major improvements. Think about how disappointing he was at the start of the season Um, as a guy coming in from that had been committed to Duke and obviously a big time recruiting win for the Hoosiers. Uh, I think everybody thought right out of the gate, he was going to be ready to, to play contribute and in some ways dominate at times. And that simply just didn't happen. But uh, last night, uh, Woodson, very complimentary of Mbako about his uh, inside plays and uh, how much of a weapon he could be down the stretch is what he called him. So uh, definitely uh, big improvements from him. And I know there's lots of disappointments right now with this team. And as you think the, the NCAA tournament, it really doesn't even seem in the realm of possibilities. But one thing that will be interesting to watch, I think, is the development of Mbako the rest of the way because he just seems to be getting better each and every time that he's out there, uh, both defensively and offensively as well. And I do think it's going to be interesting to see what happens for him. Does he take a stab at it and go to the NBA draft and go that route? Does he, I think he obviously at least has to explore it, get feedback, but uh, does he come back to Indiana next season? And what does that look like with uh, he and Liam McNeely and some of the other pieces that IU will have? And then, of course, the transfer portal. It's hard to even think about next season because uh, so much movement will happen with Indiana, with the conference, and just with college basketball uh, as a whole. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll dig in more to Iowa, more on Tony Perkins. I also want to talk about uh, Iowa freshman Owen Freeman, who I think with Mbaco, depending on how the rest of the season go, could maybe be contenders for the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. So that could be a little bit of a side battle tonight within the IU and Iowa contest. But Tyler Toshman of the Des Moines Register newspaper, he's the Iowa beat writer for the Register. He'll join us in the next segment. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday edition of the show. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. IU-Iowa tonight, 7 p.m. 
tip off on the Big Ten Network and, of course, Don Fisher and the IU Network. Their pregame coverage begins at 6 o'clock here on the Big X. If you want to catch all the pregame comments from Coach Mike Woodson, the starting lineup, and a lot more, you can get the uh, game started here on the Big X at 6 o'clock with that pregame coverage. We had Mike Schumann with us in the last segment to talk all the latest with uh, IU basketball in advance of tonight's game. And now we have Tyler Toshman, who used to be with Inside the Hall, and our friend Alex Bozich and is now the Iowa beat writer for the Des Moines paper, the Des Moines Register in Iowa. Tyler, welcome back to the show uh, from a different perspective and still reading your work, man. You're still doing an outstanding job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Uh, These are the two teams that I'm assuming you know best in college basketball. You spent a lot of time in Bloomington covering the team, and uh, now obviously you're spending every day focused on Iowa basketball, football, and other sports. Uh, You probably have the best read on both of these teams, I would have to guess, uh, of anybody we might talk to here on the show day in and day out. What's your take? What's your thoughts on tonight's game? I think it's, it's going to be a good game. I think at the very least, Iowa has a chance to keep it close. It's kind of two really contrasting styles, and um, Indiana definitely has the advantage when it comes to front court play, and uh, some of that's going to be kind of contingent upon whether Khalil Ware plays. But um, a big question for me is whether Iowa can stop Malik Renew, and if Khalil Ware plays, can they stop him? And then on the flip side of things, uh, are Indiana's guards going to be good enough defensively to slow down Iowa's guards? Tony Perkins uh, has just been fantastic as of late. Right now he uh, ranks in the top 15 in the Big Ten in assists per game and steals per game. He's also in the top 15 in points per game. So he's really having, uh, you know, on his way to having an all-Big Ten type season. Um, and then you have Peyton Stanford who can get really hot. And, you know, one of the big storylines this season for Indiana is, can they, you know, is the guard play good enough? And I think that uh, tonight is that's really going to be tested, especially on the defensive end. Tyler Toshman joining us as we preview Iowa and Indiana, really from a Hawkeye perspective. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Tony Perkins. He's an Indianapolis native. I was uh, talking about him with Mike Schumann in the last segment, trying to recall his recruiting and how active Indiana really was at that point uh, in in trying to bring him to Bloomington. But he chose Iowa. Uh, he's had an outstanding career. Uh, a little bit about who he is as a player, what his game is like for someone, an Indiana a fan maybe that hasn't uh, seen him this season he's the type of guard that can give indiana a lot of trouble he can get downhill he can create for others get to the rim it's physical um also you know creates some issues on the defensive end so um his shooting hasn't been great that's kind of the one lone blemish on his game but he does a really good job of getting other guys involved on iowa getting shots for peyton stanford josh dick um, he has been kind of everything that Iowa hoped he would be as a point guard uh, this season. And, and, yeah, you mentioned his recruiting. Uh, he was relatively under-recruited. Um, you know, I, Indiana, to my knowledge, did not offer him. And, uh, you know, it kind of came full circle when uh, last season he came into Assembly Hall and almost dropped a triple-double uh, on Indiana And when, when Iowa really just kind of blew him out of the water. And, and now that was the previous coaching staff. That was Archie Miller that – uh, didn't look at him as, as much as he probably would have hoped, but um, yeah, he's, you know, it could be a, another uh, kind of, uh, 
I guess, looking back, a, a bad decision by Indiana to let him get away if, if he goes off again tonight. Tyler Toshman of the Des Moines Register, our guest, we're previewing IU and Iowa. Another Iowa player that I'm interested to see tonight is Owen Freeman. And with McKenzie and Baco's recent uptick uh, in play for the Hoosiers, I'm kind of wondering if it couldn't be maybe a preview of uh, the Big Ten Freshman of the Year race and two of the better freshmen in the conference. I know there are some others that are likely in that mix as well, but more on Owen Freeman. And uh, golly, he's had a nice season to get his career started oh absolutely i think as it stands right now he's probably the front runner for big 10 freshman of the year he's won the big 10 freshman of the week award seven times he's he has been just really good he has great touch around the basket um good footwork the one thing that kind of is holding him back right now is his dowling which um i think is going to be a massive kind of question coming in tonight of whether he can guard without fouling, especially given how good Indiana's front court has been. Um, but I, I kind of draw parallels, and look, it's, this isn't perfect, but um, to what Trace Jackson Davis did as a freshman at Indiana, where it's just in a league where big, where big men are so good and it's, it's hard to really thrive as a freshman in the Big Ten, those guys are just doing things that normal freshmen wouldn't do. You can just tell that they're just, even how good they are, they're just kind of scratching the surface. Um, I, I think that Trace is a little more athletic, uh, but they both have similarities in their games in terms of their touch, um, ability to protect the rim. So um, it was kind of interesting because the way that he has played, the level that he has played at this season kind of reminds me of what Trace did his freshman year at Indiana. Tyler, another Iowa player player that is intriguing to me, and I hope I get his last name right. Is it Cricky, Ben Cricky, the Valpo transfer? Yes, yes, that is correct. He's averaging just under 16 points a game, a fifth-year left-handed player. Uh, I like his game, and I know that he has been big for Iowa this season coming in from a Hoosier school in Valparaiso last year. So I guess he, Perkins, and Freeman, would you say that's the big three for the Hawkeyes? And then talk a little bit about Cricky and how he fits into the game tonight. Yeah, he's been a really good addition. I think everything that Iowa really hoped for when they got him from the portal uh, he's a guy that he can stretch the floor. He's not going to take a high volume of threes, but he can shoot it pretty well. Great touch around the rim. Uh, his his mid range game is is really good. Um, you know, he's not a great defender. I think that's where you know potentially some of the issues could come come up against Indiana. Um, but I, I would say when you say the big three, I definitely would throw Peyton Stanford into that. I think you know those four guys: Peyton Stanford, Tony Perkins. Owen Freeman and Ben Cricky, those are the guys that Iowa has really leaned on this season. Uh, one guy that got that kind of has emerged is Josh Dix. Uh, you know, he didn't begin the season in the starting lineup, but uh, has worked his way in there. He is shooting at a really high clip from three. He's kind of a wild card, I think, tonight of if he gets going from three, uh, because there's going to be a lot of attention on Peyton Stanford already. If Josh Dix gets going from three um, because of Indiana's just really struggled shooting the ball that he could be a real wild card in how tonight turns out. 
Tyler Toshman of the Des Moines Register. He covers Iowa. Uh, the beat writer there is with us previewing tonight's Iowa-Indiana game. Great stuff. I know you keep up with Big Ten football. Obviously, your previous job kept you in tune with IU football. And now in Des Moines, you're covering the uh, Hawkeye football program closely as well. So as we close out today, I'm curious uh, from a little bit of a distance now what your thoughts are on Coach Kurt Signetti, the new IU football boss, and how things are going here in his first offseason from a transfer portal and recruiting perspective and just overall PR perspective as he looks to build this IU football program back. It reminds me a lot of the transition when Archie Miller was fired and Mike Wilson kind of took over where it just felt like the, both of those programs at the time, there was just not much energy around and there was almost there was a sense of apathy I know now, obviously, Indiana basketball is a much bigger deal than football, but um, it felt like when Mike Woodson came in and, and now when Kurt Signetti came in that there was just kind of an instant injection of energy that you could kind of feel the energy around the program changing. Uh, you know, Kurt Signetti, something he definitely does not lack is confidence, and um, he's got to back that up. But at the same time, to have someone come in with an edge, with a swagger, um, I think you need that to be able to try to get Indiana to be a winning program. You need to have someone that really has self-belief and and has confidence that they can do it. So um, it it feels like there is a renewed energy and and, uh, just sort of outlook with with what the program is doing right now. And obviously it's sort of still in the honeymoon phase because they haven't played any games yet or anything. But, um, you know, certainly right now it's a, a lot better kind of optimism around the program than it was a few months ago. Tyler, I got to ask you, what is life like, winter life like uh, in Iowa compared to Bloomington? <laughs> oh, my. It is, it, it's brutal. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, with the wind chill, it was like negative 40. And, like, my face would literally freeze when I was just, like, walking out to my car. So, like, it it is a different, different type of thing in Iowa. And uh, it's been, like, 30, around 30s here. And, like, man, it's so, so nice. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a little bit of an adjustment for me. Absolutely. Well, it's great to chat with you again. Again, keep up the great work. Tyler Toshman of the Des Moines Register joining us today. Tyler, uh, are you back tonight for the game, or uh, where will you be at for this contest tonight? Yeah, I, I think the more that I talk about the game, I, I kind of talk myself into thinking I was going to win. I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Indiana just because of the potential discrepancy in three-point shooting. You know, it, it might be kind of oversimplifying things, but three is greater than two. And if Iowa just takes a high volume of threes and makes a decent amount of them, it you know, it might be hard for Indiana to keep pace with its number of twos. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to the, the front court play of Indiana, uh, guard play of Iowa. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it, it should be probably a pretty closely contested game. Absolutely. Tyler Toshman, the Des Moines Register. Tyler, great to catch up. We'll talk with you again, uh, I'm sure, in the future. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Great to have uh, Iowa perspective with us as we wrap up the show today. I I agree. I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, I do think Indiana has a chance tonight. Uh, so we'll see how this one plays out for the Hoosiers. Pre-game coverage at 6, tip-off at 7. If you want to tune into Don Fisher here on the Big X, and we'll be back with you Wednesday to recap it all, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
Are you and your family?